Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek, University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey everyone, it's Brian. The real estate market is crazy. Finding an agent you can trust isn't easy. Thankfully, the one thing I'm more certain of than Brian Schottenheimer calling a running play on second and long is that you can trust John Hurlbut and his team in Altitude Homes. I know John personally, and nobody does it better in Pierce, South King, and Thurston County. So head on over to altitude-re.com HB to get real estate help you need. That's altitude-re.com HB. Or give them a call at 253-222-2626. Again, that's 253-222-2626. Go Hawks! Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S. and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com, click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. Hey everybody, welcome to the 2020 playoff edition of Real Hawk Talk. This is Brian Nemhauser at Hawk Blogger on Twitter and uh, really, really, really looking forward to the show tonight. One day delayed. Uh, we will keep it to sports. Lots of other stuff going on that I'm sure people have spent a lot of time talking about, but we're going to focus on the Seahawks and the playoffs. Um, and with me to do that uh, is Dana O'Gorman at Dana OG on Twitter. Dana, how are you? Oop. I'm doing okay. I am. Uh, I feel like this is the longest week we've ever had, even from all of 2020. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for the playoffs. I'm I'm ready to kind of get this whole thing rolling again. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, also. Um, Nathan Ernst at Nathan E11 is here. And uh, so far, there's no magic hole in his face. So we're excited to have all of Nathan. How are you doing, dude? Nathan is muted because he's really technical and really smart. It's two for and, two, folks. And not, like, and not a boomer at all. I'm sorry. Evan, I'm just, week. <laughs> I'm completely frazzled because when you scooted back for a minute, it looked like you were wearing no pants. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't quite recovered. <laughs> they are they are uh skin colored. Um yeah. Uh, that was traumatizing. Uh, actually, other than that, actually Evan's I've been doing kind of bad. Fans? I don't know, everything's weird right now, so Yeah. Uh Nathan, your beard looks really good tonight. Yeah, it's coming in. Although, oh my god, so I had a, a Zoom with my uh family and my cousin's got like a full-on Duck Dynasty beard. Uh, and the last time it looked more like yours, Evan. So uh, I'm getting shown up uh, by my own family members right now. You know, it's weird because um, I'm, I've decided I'm going to grow out my hair just a little bit longer. And I had this discussion with my wife recently 
uh, I look like I'm homeless if I grow up both my beard and my hair. And I feel like there's a little bit of a golden rule in the professional work world where even rem in remote work, it's like you can only have the beard long or your hair long. It can't be both, but you get to pick one and we're going to see how it goes for a couple months. So I didn't mean to make that about me, but your beard looks good. this Why, Thank you. <laughs> that was the voice of the non-nude version of Evan Hill. Uh, I mean, I can appear nude if you want me to. Like, no, no. I think your OnlyFans page would be uh, quite poor. Um, actually, it would make some money, but it would not be from the people you think. Uh, it would be used highly against you. So um, that is Evan in SEA on Twitter. Folks, we got a playoff game in like two days. Seahawks play at 1.40 p.m., if I'm right, Saturday, uh, the first day of the playoffs. They are the second game of the playoff slate this weekend. And they are playing for the third time this season, Evan and Nathan's favorite team, the L.A. Rams, uh, <laughs> with their favorite coach, Sean McVay. And uh, we don't know which quarterback, uh, Jared Goff or John Wolford. Um Let's start there. Uh, there's a lot to talk about in terms of the Seahawks and who's healthy and who's not. Um, there's plenty to talk about in terms of, of the game in general. Let's just go. Let's just go there with with how are you feeling about this game at this moment? Thursday night, 8.04 p.m. Pacific time. Dana, how are you feeling about this game? trepidatious as I always am when we play the Rams it's just um you know god even clear back to Fisher days playing the Rams was always a pain in the ass and so it was it's stressful but I lived I don't know if you guys saw this but Sean McVay's quote today when they were talking to him about Jared Goff they said you know you know what do you have to tell us about him being limited and he goes I don't even know what the hell that means like he was just like and I said that to you guys in our chat I was like I just feel like he's flustered the last few weeks, you know, ever since the Rams kind of have been playing well, I, I, I don't know. McVeigh just seems a little more flustered than normal. It doesn't mean he's not a great coach. He's not the God that, you know, the boys like to say that he is, but he is, he, uh, um, he just seems a little bit more flustered, but as of right now, Jamal Adams being on the field, I feel a lot better about this game. Um, and uh, you know, the, the offensive line, being all where they're supposed to be is very exciting for me. So I don't know. Right now, I'm just feeling like, oh, Christ, the Rams again. Evan, noted worrier. Um, <laughs> That's true. Noted, uh, you know, will find anxiety where there is none. This is this is the, the post-Cowboys playoff loss, Evan Hill. Um, how are you feeling as your third seeded Seahawks enter the game against a Rams team that they just beat 20 to nine, two weeks ago? Well, as always, I'm the cheerful one on the podcast. So I'm, I'm typically the optimistic one and Dana's typically very negative as very you just true. witnessed. So I'm going to serve the role of optimism, but in all seriousness, I'm feeling confident about this game. And the reason is this, um, you know, we, we've discussed this matchup specifically over the past two to three years. And it's every time this conversation comes, it's like, you know, the Rams match up really well against us, especially defensively. Um, you know, Sean McVay ha has receivers flying 
flying around with 10 yards of separation. Uh, Pete Carroll and Ken Norton's defenses over the past two to three years have really struggled to contain Sean McVay and Jared Goff up until two weeks ago. And we saw a new defensive sort of um, uh, production from, from the Seahawks. And that's really the source of my optimism, frankly, is what we saw Pete Carroll and, and Ken Norton do against a Sean McVay led offense, you know, even with Jared Goff, they shut them, shut them down the entire game. They held them to nine points for any NFL offense. That's impressive. Mm -hmm. Especially when Sean McVay has been tearing us up for five, 600 yards a game. It's been ridiculous over the past couple of years. So the source of my optimism comes from this defense. I do not know what's going to happen with our offense. They could put up a dud. I would not be surprised at all, but I could really see a, you know, this is kind of an obvious revelation, but like I could see a 13 to 10 mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of low scoring defensive grueling game. And, and I could see the Seahawks winning. I think the Seahawks have the edge, but uh, I, I have hope with how this defense is trending. I'm so proud of you right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're always the negative one, Dana. So I, I mean, know, I, I'm I just, know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to provide positive light, you know, and uh, yeah. Just uplifting. Um, Nathan, uh, I'm curious where your, your head's at on the game. Uh, so feel free to just answer that. But, but, you know, to, to Evan's point about Sean McVay, um, I posted this a few days ago and I'm guessing you guys thought, but in case you hadn't, um, the, the Rams scoring average in the NFC West against divisional foes, uh, it started at 28.5 points per game in 2017 it went up to 36.8 points a game. They scored so much in 2018. That was their Super Bowl year. Then last year, it went down to 26.6. This year, it's 20.6. The Rams averaged 20.6 points on offense against divisional opponents. And the Seahawks held them to 23 and to 9. So, um, you know, below that that divisional average overall. So, um as much as much respect as I think we all have for for McVay, uh, you know, how are you feeling about the Rams' ability to score um, in this game? Uh, pretty confident, I think. Um, I mean, I've I've never been uh, much of a fan of Goff, um, and you know, just talking historically about this Rams team, I mean, they've just kind of slowly bled a lot of talent. Um, from guys like Cooks and you know I mean this is a you know they had Watson as like a third receiver right at one point Um, uh, and I think the receivers are still you know fairly talented but their their offensive line has gotten older and and lost some talent and stuff so you know uh, they're not an offense that really scares me at this point Um, Goff is a little streaky and so I think that's like the one thing that you know if he he kind of just shows up and has his you know quarterly halfway decent game then maybe that's a problem um with the way the offense has been playing but um I I feel pretty good about this defense especially with you know like Dana was saying getting Adams back and everything not only that did you guys see Adams wasn't even on the injury report today is that is that Mm -hmm. now Am I overthinking that or is that a yes. big deal? So it, I am overthinking it. You're, you don't think it's a big deal? I mean, that was just, yeah. I, no, honestly, I do think you're overthinking it. My, my, 
I, I listened to his press conference. Uh, I've listened to everything Pete said. Uh, my assessment is he's got a legitimate injury and he's playing through it. So I don't think he's on the injury report because there's no chance that he is going to sit out. But I think I mean, he's going to wear, he's already said he's going to wear a harness um, to protect his shoulder. Uh, you know, he's talking about being a warrior and a savage and all that kind of stuff. Like he's hurt. He's going to play anyway. How hurt is he? What's your gut instinct? Is he, are we, are we dealing with an 80% Jamal Adams, 90%? I think we're going to know within the first time, like we saw in the first Rams game when he went out with a shoulder injury and came back and tried kind of to tackle Mm -hmm. one armed and it was pretty bad. Like we'll see. Well, I think we'll see pretty quickly how, how hurt he really is. Mm -hmm. I I would not be surprised if we see a healthy dose of Ryan Neal in this game. That's at least that's what I, what do you guys think? Yeah, no, I agree. Oh, sorry, Nathan, go ahead. No, go for it. I was just gonna say, no, I agree. I I think that there was not going to be any way they were going to keep Jamal Adams off the field. He was so jacked about finally getting to play in a playoff game. And he said flat out he was playing. And so the team just needed to roll with that and be like, okay, yeah, he's injured, but he's not injured. Look, he's not on the list. And I mean, I don't know if it's some sort of mind game or if it's just, you know, like you said, they, they were not going to be able to keep him off the field. Now, how much can they keep him off the field during the game? I think that we'll probably see, you know, him, I don't know, maybe 50% of the time. I mean, they have to save him to a certain extent if they're winning um, for the next round. And so, which a lot of people have assumed will be the saints. I mean, it could be Washington. I mean, there's a lot of other variables, but, and so I think that we, I think that he's going to be on the field, but I don't know how much. And if Seattle fingers crossed manages to get their numbers up and they're winning pretty good, I think they'll yank him pretty quick. Nathan, what are you going to say? Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can at least be uh, still really dynamic as a pass rusher. Like, does he end up just being like a rotational pass rusher in this game if his shoulder's not quite right and he can't tackle, but he can still bend a corner and, you know, wreak havoc that way? Um, I don't know. Yeah, it, it'll be, I mean, that's, I, I would feel okay, um, you know, about this game, even if he wasn't playing. Uh, hopefully this isn't like a Dunbar situation where he's actually just like so hurt that he's like a net negative. Um but yeah, it, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see what they what they do with him and what they can get out of him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I agree with everything you just said. Like, I want to see him out there. I want to see him go. And then if he's looking like not equipped to play and he's hurting the team, I just hope that they have a quick hook. Um, you know, and I think Ryan Neal, like Ryan Neal, is a guy that we got excited about when he came in to start, and then he kind of regressed you know back to the mean so so to speak um but i thought when ryan neal's played rotationally the last few weeks i thought ryan neal's played pretty well and and looked pretty good not to say he's jamal adams but um i think to nathan's point i don't think you need all of jamal adams to to hold this offense down um but that's that's just a that's just a guess um who are they gonna play at quarterback and who do you want them to play at quarterback? Evan. I mean, you've got you've got Jared Goff oh. and everything that he means. And you've got John Walford, who is one NFL start. I don't know yeah. if you have to watch any of Walford's snaps. 
but like I, I'm just with that, I'm, I'm just like, what's your, what does your heart want? And what does your head head want in this game? It's funny because Joe, Joe fan, NBC sports asked this exact same question on Twitter and I responded and it made his like Seahawks hot takes mailbag article of the week. And, and I responded saying, um, I'm more scared of, of, is it John or Josh? John. I'm more scared of John Wolford than I am Jared Goff. I really am because w- at least with Jared Goff, t- there's two things. Number one, we know who he is. So we have, we have a lot of game tape on him. Uh, number two, he's clearly injured. So if, if Goff tries to play, um, I would rather have an injured known risk in Jared Goff or known commodity in Jared Goff than a wild card, John Wolford, who is potentially more mobile and um, might throw some, you know, curveballs at us. Not, that's not to say um, I, I think John Wolford's going to go out and put up 30 points on us, but I'd rather have Jared Goff play. I really would. It's, it's interesting, Dana. I mean, Evan's not wrong. We know what Jared Goff is, the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. But Jared Goff has actually been a quarterback in a Super Bowl, and he has been the quarterback I of guess. Rams offense that has beaten the Seahawks more often than lost to them over the past. I, I have to add one thing. I'm yeah. sorry. If John Wolford plays and the Seahawks lose to John we're, Wolford. We're blaming you. I'm burning this shit down. I'm burning the fucking world down. There will be no more existence. We're all done. So, so I want to avoid that situation. I want to avoid that potential. Losing to Jared Goff would be absolutely horrible, but I'm not sure I could tolerate a loss to John Wolford. So I just needed to say that. Dana. <laughs> we're going to burn it down. People, <laughs> we're going to burn it down. Listen, Jared Goff has 20 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. I want to play Jared Goff. And that's just the way it is. I mean, you know, uh, Wolford, I'm sure there, there's a whole game of tape on him now. He can't have that many tricks up his sleeve, right? Like that's, he can't be that dangerous that we need a full year on him to know what to do with him. I, the very first pass he ever made in an NFL game was an interception. So, I mean, we have to kind of keep that in mind. But he, I, I do agree with Evan in the fact that, you know, the Jared got the known you know, player, we know what he is. We know his strengths, we know his weaknesses. And he's had a lot of weaknesses this year. Um, I think that him with a broken thumb on his throwing hand would just, I I think our defense would just eat that up. So, but honestly, I'm not worried about the offense in this game. I'm not, I'm not worried about the Rams offense in any way, shape or form. I don't care that Cooper cup is back. What has he had three touchdowns all year? Like, I just don't, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about that number one ranked defense. And so I, I don't care which quarterback ends up out there. Huh. Wait, wait, wait. You started by saying you want Jared Goff, and then you said. Well, sure. You- if I got to pick, I'd pick Goff. Okay. But really, it's six and one half dozen of the other, I think, at this point. Oh, you think it's that 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 even? Like I, I kind of do. I mean, it's his throwing him. It's the hand. It's his thumb. I mean, and he's not been great anyway. And yeah. so I, I, I don't know that there would be a huge difference on either side. Yeah, Nathan. Sorry, Jerry Goff. Nathan, <laughs> how must it feel to be Jared Goff uh, and for there to be real legitimate question, not just in this podcast, but probably among all fans in the Rams fan base, 
about whether you want a guy that has played one game, thrown zero touchdowns, threw a pick on his first pass, and and accounted for nine total offensive points. And people are having a healthy debate about whether they want him to start a playoff game or whether they want you, Jared Goff, to start a playoff game. I can't imagine it feels that much worse than being Jared Goff on any other day. <laughs> like <laughs> he's a pretty massive disappointment. He's a huge albatross on his team. He's yeah. Uh it can't be it can't be. I mean, he has a massive contract. So I guess it's not all all tears for for him, but uh yep. I can, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it is it's wild, right? It's wild that that's that's legit. not only are all the things I said true. But there's good reason for them to be true because, mm-hmm. like to your point, Dana Goff has not been, he's not been a winning quarterback this year for the most part. But the thing is, he has been an excellent quarterback in the games that they have won for the most part. Like he has been, he has been really good when he's been really good. But he's had a, a lot more games of not being really good. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I see it as that Goff has a, you know higher potential ceiling he's played more games he's seen more defenses he's been through more so he has a higher potential ceiling but he has a lower potential floor what i saw from john walford to be honest i thought looked pretty good like uh i thought i thought his throws looked pretty accurate i thought that he had good arm strength this wasn't like you know he wasn't heaving the ball down the field uh these were like solid uh crisp throws and he he runs and folks, I mean, the last game, one of the biggest stories of the Seahawks win over the Rams, one of the biggest stories was how many times Jared Goff turned down a chance to get yards with his feet mm-hmm. and then made a dumbass decision to throw something. So adding someone like Walford, who is going to intentionally run, that's just always an extra thing that you have to guard against. And uh, I didn't see anything in his passing that maybe say, okay, gosh, we'll at least get a break in the passing game. I think, I think, I think they're probably better off with Walford than they are with Goff. Um, now I'm curious what you guys all think. I wouldn't have to go around the room again, but, but feel free to just voice your opinion. I, I think wait, based on way things are going, I think Jared Goff's going to start the game. He's been limited all week, but he's, I don't know if you guys have seen the video. He has been throwing all week. He's been doing all the same quarterback drills as anyone else all week. And if that's the case, I'm kind of wondering like, why, what would be the reason not to play him? Mm -hmm. I mean, and and there's only so many practice snaps too. So if he's getting them, like it's, it's probably him. I'd be, I'd be pretty surprised at this point if, if he doesn't start. Is that what everyone's where everyone's head is? I I think so. I think if nothing else, they have to have a reason for the money that they're paying him. I mean, they have to show that they have some sort of confidence. And if he is looking like he can throw or he can go and they sit him for Walford, I think that that would send a really nasty PR message. And so I think if he is functional at all, he will start. I mean, literally today, Jared Goff, and I quote, said he feels like his thumb is progressing well and that snaps under center feel good. I know that could just probably be unbridled optimism, but got to remember these are football dudes. These are football guys. They, they play through injuries. You know, they're, they're challenged to play through, through injuries, right or wrong. So 
I, I do think Goff is going to start. I, I think he's going to. I, I honestly, I'm pretty shocked that, that that would be the case. I mean, yes, football players tough it out, but to have surgery on your throwing hand and on your thumb especially mm-hmm. and be able to... Wait, did know. he have the surgery? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, wow. That to me is crazy that you could come back in two weeks um, and be able to play. But I mean, it looks like that's the case. And he did play the rest of that game with with the messed up thumb. And as we talked about in post game, he was throwing just fine, if not better, after that injury. So we have to hope that what Nathan said is not true. That he he was uh, he was operating with some sort of disjointed thumb to begin with, and now he's been fixed. <laughs> <laughs> we do not want that to happen. Um. So it, it is fascinating, though, like that this group, like everyone, Dana just said like multiple times, I have no concerns about this defense or about the Rams offense. Nathan said something along those lines. Evan said something along those lines. How many times in the beginning of this year is all that we were worried about is the defense? And how many times for the last three years is all we were worried about was the Rams offense? Like, what's that's that's why this like that's why I feel confidence though, Brian. Is like we always talk about these matchups being poor matchups for the Seahawks. Not convinced it is this this time around with their defensive resurgence. It just like that was always like the the hope killer for me. Was like Mm -hmm. the Rams are going to put up thirty plus points. It's just a matter of can the Seahawks put up more points? And that's just not the that's not the conversation anymore. Yeah. Let's let's be let's be uh, critical for a second. If the Rams if the Rams are to have a good game scoring, how do they do it? How do they do it? Are they are are they running the ball well? Are they is Goff or someone else like you know shredding it in the passing game like? Is there some part of the Seahawks defense that just falters? Like, do you see, like, what's the most likely scenario for how the Rams progress on offense? I mean, I'll say that for me, my biggest concern is if the Rams running game can get untracked. Um, Like, I think the Seahawks did a pretty good job of bottling it up last game. The end arounds, Robert Woods, like, they had none of that going in the last time that they played. If they're able to get that stuff going again, I think their whole offense opens up. So that's my number one concern. Um, number two would be, you know, if Goff plays and he's able to, you know, start hitting Cup and Woods for those kind of intermediate throws and and for whatever reason, our, the Seahawks zone can't, can't close them down. But like, I have to kind of strain my brain to come up with like what, what that looks yeah. like. Well, you, you know where my mind goes immediately and it's kind of flipping the question back on us. If Jamal Adams goes out there, he's not healthy enough to be like a disruptive pass rusher. They have Andrew Whitworth coming back for this game. I believe, I think he was activated onto their 53 man roster literally today. I think Um, if, if, if the pass rush suddenly, you know, uh, doesn't look so effective with, with a sub sub healthy Jamal Adams, and, you know, suddenly Goff has, has more than enough time to throw and, 
you know, their O-line is, is looking decent in pass protection, then I could start seeing some issues because I think we've been talking about it a lot, but this defensive resurgence has really been off the backs of, or on the back of, you know, uh, uh, a really improved uh, pass rush. So if that pass rush is in any way mitigated, I think on Saturday, I could see the Rams putting up points, but, but that's a big kind of assumption regarding Jamal's health. And I'm, and I'm not sure he's that broken. There are a lot of medical experts that were saying on Twitter, former NFL team docs that were like, there's no reason it should keep him out of this game. So hopefully, you know, he, he can be disruptive. That's how you get to be an NFL doctor though. It's just, that's your default go-to answer. No, 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 no reason not to play. Here, take a shot, get out of there. Right. <laughs> so let, let me give you a couple of numbers that I did look up. Look at me doing stats. I know yeah, Derek will be so Derek. proud of me right now, right? Like, so excited. Okay, so the rush defense for Seattle, you were worried about the run game. They're fourth in yards per carry and ranked fifth in yards per game. So I don't know that the Rams who like to run the ball, but don't do it super successfully could really put up a ton of runs against the Seattle team. The other interesting one I thought was very cool was play action. So the Rams are ranked first in play action attempts, 189 play action attempts, the Seahawks defense against play action ranked second in the league. Really? Yeah. I love that. Where did yep. you get that from? Um, so that was just on a, a game preview that honestly, that just had a whole bunch of different stats on it. So supposedly, so, cause I'm, I'm trusting this. I didn't, didn't like call the NFL to find out. Um, they have a 77 rating allowed against play action second in the league. Can you remind me of your first stat about the run game? Yes. So that I have the rush defense for the Seahawks, um, 3.9 yards per carry, which is ranked fourth and 95.6 yeah. yards per game, which is ranked fifth. Yeah. So not bad you for guys. the Seahawks defense. For the Seahawks yes. defense. Yes. Okay. Yes. Got it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's really interesting about play action. And, and I mean, yep. I thought that was fascinating too. <laughs> we, we had a fun conversation and chat about this, but I, I, I did share the Seahawks ranks on defense over the last uh, eight games of the season. Um, and for people that didn't see it, uh, this is the last eight games, not for the full season. Points allowed first, yards allowed fourth, yards per play third passer rating seventh passing tds allowed first uh sacks mm -hmm. second rushing yards allowed fifth epa per play eighth so like any way you look at the seahawks defense over the last eight games they've been if not the best defense statistically in the nfl one of the top five for sure so regarding defense and predictions are we going to acknowledge that i'm a god Oh, why? Why would we have to do that? Dana, you get a little bit of goddess, uh, you know, dust as well, because you're pretty close oh. on this. So. You were close, and I absolutely <laughs> love that I beat you by like oh. point two. Oh, it oh. felt so good. What people don't Lord. know about Dana that I've learned really quickly is she loves, loves being right about predictions. She will always... I was pretty close on that. She will tell you all the time. She's pretty close on a prediction. So when we did our preseason predictions and it came out, I was going through and scoring in the predictions to see who got closest to the pin. And we get to points scored. And 
I have to actually pull it up because I don't remember exactly where it was, but it doesn't really matter. It's like 26.6 and 28.6. No, it's 28. <laughs> 28.6 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And and Evan had predicted 28.7. He was 0.1 off, right? Dana had predicted 28. On, on <laughs> defense, like the Seahawks allowed like 23.8 or something like that. Evan had it dead on, exactly, to the decimal. Between, and, and Dana From had, the future. 20, had 23. <laughs> So, so like Dana in any other universe, it would be like, holy shit, what is going on, Dana? I had it like, I, I, it was so crazy. I went to the version history, Google Sheets. You thought say, I cheated. Evan obviously came in here and messed with your predictions, you bastard. So I'm going to have to go back and figure out what you messed up. And I was like, there's nothing. And I'm like, does he know some hack? Like, there's no way he was with You thought I hacked the Google spreadsheet? I did. I was like, there's no way. And then, oh my God. And then for Michael Dixon, we didn't even talk about that. You predicted 50 yards per punt. It was 49.8 yeah. or something like that. You were like, All right, so I'm going I'm to tell you, I'm going I'm to continue my streak and I'm going to tell you how many points the Rams are going to score against the Seahawks on, on Saturday. Okay. They're not playing Sunday. I almost, I almost said Sunday. They're going to score six points against the Seahawks. Wow. I'm a god. I'm from the future, so I'm, I'm clearly right all the time and never wrong. So you guys know why that bugs it. me so bad, though, right? You guys are like the stat gurus. Like you're throwing out all these numbers all the time, and you're looking up this stat and that stat, and Derek and his graphs and charts that I have no idea what they mean, and I get so confused, and so it's like. Look at me. Trust me. I've, I've never read a single one of their charts and was like, I know what this means. Trust me. Okay. I have no idea. It's all good. So, yeah. Dana, it's all right. Dana, your, yeah. your football IQ is not in question. Uh, you, I know. You finished a I'm very strong, <laughs> you finished a very strong third place in our prediction uh, pool. True. We will not talk about who finished dead last by a long <laughs> shot because uh, I wouldn't want to embarrass that person. I mean, that would be, that'd be super embarrassing. Is it me? It you. Oh, I'm terrible at predictions. Yeah, <laughs> didn't surprise me at all. Who who was the closest to Jason Myers' uh, prediction? Well, to be honest, I was. Uh, were you actually? I was. I had four missed extra points, and then you were messing with my predictions, so you're pissing me off. So I went in there just to change that one to say he was going to miss all sixteen, uh, one per oh, game. That's right. That's but but uh, yeah. I mean, I can pull it up at some point if we get really. I mean, we know those were all intentional. I I love, I love, love, love that, that Dana like gets a lot of self validation. It gets validation from these predictions. And I love that Nathan is so sure about everything while knowing that he is so wrong about everything. Like that is an awesome, that is an awesome personality trait uh, that, that must just make life really fun. I mean, if I've ever confidently told you exactly like what, te- you know, how much a team is going to give up per game, uh, I-, I don't know. I don't think that's ever happened, but yeah. I'm pretty uh, sure on Tuesday night, you called one of us brain dead for assuming that somebody was going to score like 20 points or something, right? I called somebody brain dead, but I don't think it was for that. Okay. Maybe I'm hallucinating. That's fine. <laughs> um, you took I do have a prediction if we want to dip it, if we want to do predictions, more predictions yeah, from okay. the Patreon chat, from the Patreon chat. So we'll 
cut into this. Uh, uh, so Z-Ray is saying that uh, DK hasn't had a 20-plus yard play since a 20-yard, 21-yard catch against the Giants in Week 13. Uh, do you His longest since that time was a 19-yard catch. Uh, does DK get a 20-yard uh, catch in this game? Not only does DK get a 20-yard catch in this game, he goes over 100 yards with at least one touchdown, and I think he's going to have a 40-plus yard play. Okay. Dana? Uh, this is tough for me. So, I don't know. DK, his two games against the Rams, he has not broken 100 yards together. Okay. So, he's had two games, eight receptions, 87 yards. Total? I think, yeah. Okay. Total. I think Jalen Ramsey just, I don't know if he gets in his head. I don't know. I, I think he'll have one, at least one 20 yard play, but I still don't know if he has a huge game. I think if DK is going to have a huge game, it'll be in the next game. Rams, I don't know. It's tough. For so him. this is just DK yardage. Will DK have one play of 20 yards or more. I think one. Yeah. Yeah. I think he does. Not, not, not near Brian's prediction though. All right, well, I'll, I'll be different. I'll say no. So, guys, I just want to say, you guys are talking all about this year, last year, DK Metcalf in two games against the Rams. Uh, six catches for 78 yards, including a 35-yard catch. Uh, three catches for 44 yards, including a 40-yard catch. Yeah, uh, but that's when we had a good quarterback. <laughs> oh, stop it. We are not getting into this today. <laughs> Oh, we, we will get to the offense. We will get there. Oh, Lord. Uh, I will As you know, Dana, out. I love defense, and I'm the defense lover do. on this podcast. So. Oh, my God. This is like single white female. It, it, is, it is a little. It's super creepy. Um, I will also remind all of you that DK Metcalf set the rookie receiving record in his first playoff game uh, last year, um, going for over 160 yards, I think, last year. So – uh, I think this guy's a gamer. I think I think uh, recency bias is getting in everyone's head. I think in that first game against the Rams, I think he could have had more yards than he did, and Russ just didn't throw it to him. So uh, I think that all get I think that all changes this week. Uh, last thing on that: last time Tyler Lockett went for 12 catches and a bunch of yards in Arizona, the next game DK Metcalf went off. So a lot of signs here. A lot of signs pointing to DK Metcalf. Sorry, couldn't couldn't help myself. I mean, you want to go after their. uh, Do we want to do more? We can do more. Sure, why the heck not? Let's do it. it. There Uh, were a couple in the chat, though, that we we should. um, We will. I've got got Jow. I'll queued up here. Okay, cool. Uh, Okay, we have two questions about like uh, jumbo packages, either six offensive line sets, or yeah. uh, or using more um, like two tight end or three tight end packages um, that Seattle's gone away from that. Um, I I don't know if anyone has any thoughts on this. I mean, obviously I think George Fant had a little bit of a unique skill set. And I think that the tight end depth is uh, much better this year. Uh, I think they have been using quite a bit of two tight end. I don't know what the numbers are exactly on that. Um, but especially with Olsen and Disley healthy, I think they've been using that a fair bit. Um, does anyone have a take on, I'm just gonna throw it out there. Cause I don't know if anyone feels strongly about two tight end jumbo packages. My only feeling is I wish I would like to see them 
do it sometimes just to have mm-hmm. something else on film that a team has to prepare for. And they've had some success with it. I don't want it to be a staple of their offense though. I, I would, I would be much happier with what we have this year than what we did last year. Do we know if Olsen is truly healthy though? I mean, I know that he played, but I mean, he didn't play much. It was just what one. He played, he played like one or two snaps. He played like twelve snaps, actually. It was more Did than he? I thought. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's more than I thought it was too. Then okay. Uh, okay, Evan, another prediction. Jason Myers has been great this season. Hundred percent accuracy on like six kicks. Uh, he's missed uh, a field goal in what? each of his two. What do you mean six kicks? It's it's a joke. I'm kidding. Oh, I was like, what? Continue. Uh, He's missed a field goal in each of his last two uh, playoff games with Seattle. Does he miss a kick in this game? I could see him intentionally missing an extra point to make Pete Carroll play for a touchdown. He's done that several times, four times this year, precisely. I could see that happening again. Sure, 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 sure. Okay, yeah. He's just trying to help the team. Trying to win games. Uh, okay. And then, um, all right, one more here from Braxton. Uh, so PFF has uh, Quill. He's ranked 36, uh, or the 36th best free agent for 2021. And they're predicting that he'll sign a three-year, $28.5 million deal. Uh, $15.5 million guaranteed. Uh, does anyone say no to that contract for Quill? Three years, twenty-eight and a half million, fifteen and a half guaranteed. It's like a it's like isn't it was like a nine and a half million or something APY. Yeah, Eight that's what point. it works out to. Yep. Yeah. I, I would be comfortable with that. I think mm-hmm. that's about right for him. And so, I, I think that you have upside there more than you have like real downside. I don't think I disagree with that. Um, so with that sort of like contract logic, you're assuming obviously because he's an unrestricted free agent. So that first year is completely guaranteed. The second year is something where you could cut him and face like four to $5 million in dead money, save a couple million. Yeah. So. I don't think it's a terrible contract. I don't think it's a terrible contract, but this is the thing. It feels unrealistic because I do, I do think a team's going to pay him more. Per your money. Like, I think it's a, I think it's a fair question if that's the number. And here's the thing I'd ask, like that's related to that. If you could have Richard Sherman for the same price for a couple of years, um, knowing his he's got injury issues, he's older, mm-hmm. whatever. Would you rather have Sherman and DJ Reed and Trey Flowers and whoever else they decide? Maybe Marquise Blair plays outside corner next year. We have no idea. Or Griffin. I'll tell you. For me, it's it's Sherm. It's not even close. I think the team's better with him than they are with Griffin. Yeah, I I pretty strongly disagree with that. I think Sherm's declining, and and aging curves aren't kind in the NFL. Uh, and I think if with Quill, I think you have upside. Um, I mean, I'm with Evan though that I don't think that's a really a realistic contract for Quill. I think he'll get quite a bit more. But I don't know. There Next is an upside. Sorry, go ahead, Daniel. 
No, I was just going to say, though, I don't know, because we don't know what that cap number is going to be. Like they keep predicting and predicting and predicting, but that cap is going down. And I will say this. I don't believe in hometown discounts. I don't think a player should ever take a, you know, give a team because they want to stay somewhere, you know, to give them a break. However, I do think that especially with this player, there is a lot of loyalty to loyalty to Seattle because of what they did with his brother. And I think that that is, that is going to play because his brother's contract's not up next year. Is that correct? He has one more year. Correct. If I remember correctly. And so I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was offered something along those lines, if he didn't take it over maybe one or 2 million more for another team. But I do think that contracts are going to be a really difficult thing to predict this year, just because we have no idea where that cap is going hey, to sit. I mean, we have an idea, but we don't know. Can we can we save off season questions for the off season? Sure. Oh my gosh, sure. But that was so fun. I want to. I want to. I, I. I. I'm as addicted to that as anybody. But Dana, you're going to love the off season. It's it's fun around here. It's like <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's like pure optimism. Like twenty four seven. I believe you. Nathan's like, actually, that's not true. <laughs> I wouldn't. I mean, maybe not like a hundred percent pure optimism, uh, but we're we're typically much much happier, at least after the draft, heading into the season. It might get a little ugly, like right after the playoffs. Well, well Seahawks don't have any draft picks this year, so you know we could just <sighs> skip the one. draft pick. I have to break my own rule and ask uh, Jao's question. Jao's a fan from Brazil and first time, uh, you know, uh, doing super chat. So we want to say thank you for that. Uh, his question is, uh, he's a huge fan of the show. He has a question of, do we see the Seahawks moving on from any from his coaching staff anytime soon? He also adds that he loves Evan mainly when he talks about Jason Myers. Bleep the nerds. <laughs> it's a good contract, buddy. It's this good, is good why contract. Evan wanted to make sure this question was asked, um, if that's not obvious. I just want to honor the people who donate to the show. I don't think no. any, I don't think they're moving on from any coaches other than if someone gets hired. Not after Pete's comments today. I thought maybe Ken Norton. I thought maybe they would hold the beginning of the season against him, but today Ken Norton was a, was a god to Pete Carroll. So can I throw a curveball? Uh, could they potentially mutually part ways with Brian Schneider? Brian, Brian Schneider? Schottenheimer. No. Oh. No, uh, special, uh, special teams coach. Oh, yeah. Remember he took, a yeah. he took a personal leave at the beginning of this year. Uh, the, I think he's back, right. Yeah. Or he's been he back. Is, okay. He's been back. Not, I don't think he's been back as the, the head coach. I think Izzo has been. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, I haven't I, really I, clarified that, but that's my, that's my, I don't, th- yeah. well, I don't think the question has been asked either by media. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I was just wondering is like, I remember talking about it going into the season as like special teams is one of the key areas for this team to improve. They've really struggled with special teams over the last five years. And suddenly they're like a, what are they? Number one in the NFL, like yeah. top three minimum. Really mm-hmm. So clearly what Izzo is doing is, is good. <laughs> so I, I, I just wonder if, if there could be a change there. Um, all right. Um, Nathan, were there other questions, Patreon questions? All right. I want to ask you guys a little bit of a uh, different angle on this. So last year, get in your time machines. 
harken back to what it was like going into that first playoff game against the Eagles, which were also offensively limited, had a pretty good defense. Uh, although we we're going on the road to play in Philly. Ended up playing a backup quarterback after Wentz got hurt. Um, and I want to take you through the roster like of the starters. And I'm going to do this pretty quickly. I'm going to ask you each, uh, speak up if at any of, at any time for any of these positions, you would take the player from last year over what the Seahawks have going into this year. Okay. So uh, Evan just disappeared because this was too much for him to handle. He's not going to understand this. So I'm really <laughs> counting on you, Dana and Nathan to, to, to carry this segment. We got you. Uh, quarterback, Russell Wilson last year at this time, Russell Wilson, this year at this time oh i would take old rest for sure russell wilson last year yeah yeah yeah. probably yeah interesting i don't think it's that clear russell wasn't playing that well no i don't it's he wasn't great in december last year either i i just yeah you know they used to seattle used to be the december team and that he just had struggled last year too but i just assumed that was because of all the injuries you know we had no running backs at that point you know marshawn was back that sort of thing but but, Didn't they put like 30 points on the Niners in the last game of the year? I felt like he had a little more swag last year. Yeah, I agree. That was the second. I think it was the second to last game, wasn't it? Or, but yes, I, he, right, I think yeah. he had a decent game that game. So, so Evan, in case you missed it, we are going position by position through last year's team versus this year's and which we would prefer. Um, and so uh, first question was whether you take last year's Russell Wilson at this time or this year's Russell Wilson. Guys, I don't remember what I ate for breakfast yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> last year, Marshawn Lynch was running back one. This year, it's Chris Carson. I see Easy. Easy, right? Last yeah, year, running yeah. back two was Travis Homer. This year, running back two is Carlos Hyde. Last year, Hi, running sure. back three was Nick Ballore. This year, running back through like Robert Turbin did not make it into the playoffs, by the way. So, oh my god, I forgot they brought him back. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah. I like Turbo. <laughs> Be nice to Turbo. He's like 45 years old. Uh, he's not even that old, he's just a really bad running back. Um, uh, so this year, Rashad Penny is your third running back, right? Okay, so sweep across the board for running back, wide receiver DK Metcalf from last year, DK Metcalf from this year, obviously, this year. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Lockett from last year. Tyler Lockett from this year. This year. This one's a push. Yeah, I think it's closer. Uh, Yeah. I think he's got a little more spark this year, but that's not a statistic. (laughs) These are not statistical questions. Last year, (laughs) wide receiver three, Malik Turner. This year's David Moore. (laughs) Brian, how are you going (laughs) to? What? What has more done that, like in the last like several weeks? You like, see that catch he had to end the last did game. You miss that? He didn't you, watch it. Did apparently. you forget that Malik Turner had like a really bad playoff drop? No, but on like I'm not 15? gonna. I'm not going off one play here either way. <laughs> like you remember what David Moore did two weeks ago against the Rams? Mm-hmm. No, I honestly don't. <laughs> Was it the turnaround catch? Five yard yards? catch down the side. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, he does that once in a while. Like Malik Turner made plays once in a while, too. I don't know. Not uh, as often as David Moore. Wait, wait, wait. On the record, you prefer Malik Turner or are you saying it's a push? 
I, I guess push for me. I really can't be bothered to care on either one, one of these two. Moments. I can't believe I'm defending David Moore. <laughs> I, I don't even. I don't even like him. Yeah. Like, come on. Yes. Uh, I I am a David Moore um, on that one. I'm surprised. Uh, tight, to hear that. tight end one last year. Jacob Hollister. Tight end one this year is Greg Olson. Is he even tight end one right now? I is mean, he, he played. I thought Disley was. Well, it's it's questionable. You could you could mix like call it either way you want. Disley is either tight end one or tight end two. Um, Luke Wilson. Basically, would you rather have Jacob Hollister, Luke Wilson as your first two tight ends, or Greg Olson and Will Disley as your top two tight ends? Yeah, this year's tight end group is a better group than last year's tight end group. Yes, tight end three last year was George Fant. <laughs> tight end three this year is Jacob Hollister. Yes. Uh, left tackle. Last year was Dwayne Brown off of surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year is Dwayne Brown not. So I don't think there's a question there. This is the best year of Dwayne Brown's career. It's got to be mm-hmm. up there. He's been fantastic. Uh, left guard. Phil Haynes started the last game at left guard for the Seahawks against the Packers. Uh, Mikey Potty will start this year. I assume. Mikey uh, Potty. Mikey Potty there. Last year, Joey Hunt at center. <laughs> Buddy. Last year, right guard was DJ Fluker versus Damian Lewis. Last year, right tackle was Jermaine Ifedi versus Brandon Shell this year. So the entire offensive line, the entire Ted end group, the entire wide receiver group, although there's a push in there, the entire running back group, everyone on the offense, other than maybe Russell, there's some question, you guys would take everyone on this year's squad over last year's squad. Mm-hmm. right absolutely defensively starting defensive end brandon jackson starting defensive end Javin Clowney off of a pulled groin this year you've got benson mayo and carlos dunlop um uh last year we had puna ford this year you got puna ford jaron reed jaron reed bobby wagner bobby wagner last year you had cody barton now you got jordan brooks KJ Wright, KJ Wright, Shaquille Griffin last year, Shaquille Griffin this year? Last year. Yeah, last year. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Trey Flowers last year, DJ Reed this year? Both this year. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bradley McDougald last year, Jamal Adams this year? I'll take McDougald, I think, just from a pure safety perspective. That's a tougher question than it because is. of the injury or in general. I'm, I'm joking, but I don't think Evan is. No, I, I I think if you're assuming Jamal, like right now, Jamal Adams, like hurt Jamal Adams. Yeah, you got to take it exactly what he is now. Yes. I, I yeah, I, I think I lean Jamal, but injury makes it closer. Yeah. Quandary I don't think Bradley McDougal was that terrible. I think that he actually no, he's not he, at all. He he played real well, so I could see where that would be a little bit of a pull. But Jamal Adams is just the better player. He just Quandre is. Diggs last year, Quandre Diggs this year. That's a push for me. Yeah, I think I'd take a. He's, I think the way he's playing maybe Diggs this year. I think he's better right now than he was. Yes. Yeah. Um, and but, I sent him a little message telling him I'm writing for my pick six. This is the week. Good. We need that from. So, I mean, I guess the point um, there is. There's basically maybe a couple of players, but otherwise every single position on this roster, offense, defense, even special teams, I think we would all take over the team last year that won a game, went into the Green Bay and lost by five points. And if Malik Mm -hmm. Turner had made a catch, maybe would have found a way to win that game. So 
I'm kind of curious just overall, like, I don't feel like there's that kind of confidence in the Seahawks team heading into the postseason, despite that being the case. Why do you guys think that is? Evan, you want to start? I know you're optimistic, so it's going to be hard for you to think of reasons to be pessimistic, but, but <laughs> try to empathize with those people. Imagine what they might be thinking. I think, obviously, it's been a mostly good year. Like, they, they ended the season 12-4, and four, but there were, like, I think there's some real fan pain from that Giants game still. And, and some other games sprinkled throughout the, seasons, the season. Even that Washington game, they almost blew it. They really did. They, they won the game, and it was a good defense, but they did almost blow it. Um, I, I don't think it's a lengthy answer outside of, I think there's just been some traumatically close games this year, and fans are potentially a little traumatized from it. Dana, how about you? I mean, what, 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 why do you think there's not, like, there's not a groundswell of, like, enthusiasm about the Seahawks? No, right? there's not. Um, you know, it's funny. I was looking at predictions, you know, I think Monday Morning Quarterback and a bunch of others put out their predictions, and there was actually a lot of the media people and the experts out there picking Seattle to go to the NFC Championship, and that shocked me because I didn't expect to see that. And I thought, why? We, we were 12-win team. You know, it, it's Russell Wilson. But that's why it's Russell Wilson. He's not looked like himself. He's not been playing the way that we saw him play at the beginning of the season. And so there's a trust issue. I've never met a fan base other than the Dallas Cowboys that have trust issues as much as their team as the Seattle Seahawks fan base does. And so I think that that is, is really where this comes from is they are lacking some trust. They can handle a couple of, you know, not great games from Russ, but the stretch I think has really put a lot of doubt in their head that he's the stretch of not having great games has put some doubt into their head. And as much confidence as the defense has been giving people, I think that that kind of outweighs it a little bit. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting take Nathan, like you and I, we went back and forth on this in a lot of different ways, but I am curious, like, Let's assume for a second that Dana's right, that Russell's level of play is maybe a big part of, of where there's some people that are feeling a little less confident. If it was different, if Russell was playing well, but the defense was playing really bad, like, like let's say almost as bad or close to as bad as they were in the first part of the season. Do you think that the optimism would be the same, less, more? Like, how, how, do, you think, how do you think it would change things? I think that people probably would be more optimistic um, just because I think people would know what this team is and just feel more comfortable in what this team is. Right. And this is what me and you had talked a lot about, right? Like we, we watched half a season where, and, and you know, people didn't have like super high hopes for this defense. Right. I, I think, you know, in all our predictions and stuff, we were like, Hey, if they can be 15th, that'll be, that'll be cool. Right. Uh, and so, and then we, we watched, you know, six or eight games or whatever of them just being awful. Um, and now they played well, but I, I, you know, I, at least for me, I don't know how much to buy into their improvement. Right. It's clear. They're better. It's not clear to me how much better. Right. Um, and then, you know, going back to last year, right. Like that's that, uh, Niners game last year was 21, 26, I thought they, I thought it was like 31 33. And I think that was partly because it was a fun and exciting game. And that's yeah. kind of what I remember yeah. against a team that ended up going to the Super Bowl and was really, really good. Right. And if you look at coming out of that game with, with as crazy as it is, the excitement around Marshawn coming back and stuff, like that was dumb, but it was fun. 
and and they come like a yard away from beating the team that eventually went on to win the NFC, right? And then you look at this year, and it looked like they were going to lose in the fourth quarter, going into the fourth quarter to the CJ Beathard Niners, right? That are that are terrible. Yeah. And so you know, I, I think, yeah, it's just a really weird feel. I mean, I I think we'll get if they win if they win against the Rams and the, the defense continues to look dominant. I think that'll bolster some of the optimism, but I think a lot of fans are probably like I am right now where it's just kind of wait and see and be like, is this defense really for real? Right. Yeah. And now you've got a little injury stacking up on it. Yeah. It's just a weird, weird kind of, I don't know. I think that's a really, that's a really fascinating observation. And, and, and the, the one that specifically stands out to me is we have been, and not just this group, but we've been, so wrong about this team other than evan and dana when they predict they're what they're going to score and what they're going to allow but we thought it was going to be the best secondary in the nfl and then they were the, almost the worst pass defense in nfl history a- a- and so that was a shock and then we were like early down passing like you know let russ cook that's going to be it's going to be the thing and it was working and we were like it's it's the thing like we have arrived and then it stopped working and it was not the thing anymore. And, and then they couldn't, and then, and then we're like, DK is going to be the best receiver in the NFL. And then he slowed down and Tyler Lockett slowed down. And, and so like, and then the defense got really good, like really, really good. Russell was going to win MVP. Russell was and, then, win MVP and then boom, he's not going to get a vote again. Like it's been I think it's hard for people to really get behind something that they feel like they're like, back and forth getting jerked around um and i mean i don't think the team's doing it intentionally obviously but i can i can understand i think that's 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 what i think it was a really good point by you that i think that's probably contributing a lot to it it's just the the whiplash of in such extremes too right like it's not just like you know oh russ isn't playing as well anymore like what we saw from him in that buffalo game and that rams game uh you know some of those picks that he threw were just like they were completely boneheaded and inexplicable right and it's not just like the defense was oh it's just okay or oh it's maybe below average and now it's really really good or now now it's a top 10 defense it went from are they the worst defense ever to hey they're number one in points in the nfl like there's like it's just like wild swings (laughs) it's crazy yeah it's crazy it really is and this is the this is the highest scoring Seahawks offense in the history of the franchise. It does not feel that way. It really doesn't. And I think it also shows how effective they were the first eight oh. weeks of the season. <laughs> I mean, like, Russell was throwing five touchdowns. He threw five touchdowns and no interceptions in a game and didn't get player of the week. <laughs> like, I mean, like, it, like it was craziness. Like the beginning, he was like, it was like, Oh yeah. He just threw four touchdowns again. Big deal. Like that was the, that was where we were living for a little while. So it is, it's fascinating. Um, I, I'll, you know, we talked about this a little bit in the post game show. I, I'm actually pretty optimistic about this group. I would say I am the only Seahawks teams I've been more optimistic about going into the playoffs were the 2012 2013, 2014, and 2005 Seahawks. Of all the years of the Seahawks, that's the only teams that I would say I was more optimistic about going into the postseason. How much I, of your 
Yeah. So how much of your optimism is about the team and how much of it is about what looks like kind of a weaker NFC? It's all, it's all, it's all part of it. I don't see, I don't see a 2013 49ers or a 2019 49ers roster or a 2018 Rams roster um, in the NFC. I just don't. Um, I also see this is the healthiest the Seahawks have been all year. Daryl Taylor practiced today. I mean, what the bleep? I mean, that's the great, that, that is exactly what we're talking about. We thought they were going to be a terrible pass rush. They're the number one pass rush in the league. The last, and then they get Daryl, like, it's just craziness, right? Um, but they're, they're incredibly healthy right now. Just Jamal Adams aside, but like, they're going to have everybody available to them. Last year, Marshawn Lynch and Robert Turbin were part of the story. I mean, it's a crazy difference. I think that I believe in the defense. And uh, I think our biggest question mark is Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. And I believe in Russell Wilson. I know that seems kind of like a crazy thing to have to say when the guy throws 40 touchdowns in a season and 4,000 yards. But yes. I point out when he's missing throws over the last few weeks, we've all seen it, but he also made like he, he didn't lose to CJ Beathard. They scored 20 points or whatever it was in the fourth quarter. And he made good throws for that a fourth down throw to Tyler Lockett. That's a clutch throw to win that game. He made the throws against the Rams, the best defense in the NFL to win that game. So it's not like he's been completely incapable of, leading the team to victory he just hasn't been his best so i don't know you get your whole offensive line back they haven't lost a game with that offensive line yet this year like i don't think it's crazy town to say yeah i think this and by the way first season that there'll be no fans in the stands if you go on the road so it doesn't even matter if they have to travel so like to me it seems more weird to be super pessimistic about this team's chances than it is to be like yeah they got they got a decent shot. Is it like a one in 10 shot to get into the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think it's, that's a probably reasonable guess. So it's not bad. I want to follow up on kind of what you're saying here, Brian. One question I've been asking throughout the entire season, throughout different sort of stints is like, what does success look like for this team? And I, I know Jeff is probably the only sort of different answer here where he was like, uh, they need to be legit Super Bowl contenders. Um I'm going to leave that answer for him when he comes back on the show later. But Brian, like now that the regular season is over, we're, you know, playing the Rams in, in, in 36 hours is success for this team still reaching the NFC championship game. Is, is that your barometer for what success looks like with this squad? That's not success for me. That's the minimum bar of like acceptable. Um, because and I've said this before, I think, but my reasoning is the only way they can make up for losing to the giants, which cost them the number one seed, a buy and home field throughout. And the reason those things are valuable is to get to the super bowl. The only way you can make up for losing that game is getting to the super bowl. So that, that to me is why that's my definition of success. That's you've interesting. Got to make up for that loss. That was, a, that was an inexcusable loss it can be excused if you make it to the Super Bowl. Otherwise, I think this is a season that that turned on that single game. That's where I wore, wore a bag on. I actually, I actually really like that logic. Dana or, or Nathan, do you have a different take? Yeah, I do. 
but you guys knew I would, right? Uh, I, I, uh, I think the NFC championship is a fantastically successful season, um, especially with the way Russell has been playing the rest, the last part of the season. Um, I'd even be okay with one playoff win, but I look at this differently than you guys do. I I don't think a team's success lives or dies in the postseason. The fact that this team won 12 games and this team came back from the worst defense in the league and changed, turned it all around made it to the playoffs easily, breeze through, won the NFC Championship. I think that's huge. Um, but I get that the goal is to win Super Bowls. I don't want people to say, oh, she doesn't care about Super Bowls. I do really care about Super Bowls. But I don't think that makes a team successful. But I've said it here a thousand times. I'm going to say it again. That's because a lot of football is luck. And I think that that's really, really true. So so I'm, I'm thrilled with this team exactly where they are right now. I I, I, I I'm thrilled that they have done what they've done. I want them to do more, but I always say after you win one playoff game, the rest is frosting at that point. Cause you never know what's going to happen. And this year, even more so with COVID. I mean, hello, look at the Browns. So by the way, the official odds for the Seahawks making the Super Bowl is nine to two. It's basically a, you know, basically a four to one odds, 25% chance, man, that feels good. That does feel That's really good, actually. High. That feels higher than like, <laughs> and I feel confident about them going far, but that, that feels high. There was another predictor I saw that I think gave them a 14% chance. And I'm like, yep, I'm good with that. I, I yeah, I, I think that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said one in 10. I mean, yeah. We're going to say, yeah. I was going to say, I'm, I'm more along the same lines as Dana here. Like, there is a lot of luck involved. And I, I think, unless you have like a, a 2013 type team, you know, saying Super Bowl or bust is just going to set you up for disappointment. I, I don't think that's a realistic bar. Um, so, you know, I think if they get to the NFC championship game, that's going to be successful, successful for them right now. If they show up in the, the NFC championship game and they just get demolished, right? Um, that, that may be a little bit different, right? Um, and I, I think, you know, the Saints and just come up short, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. not going to be some huge indictment of the season. Easing either right um so yeah it's going to depend really a lot on how they play um but i I do think that they need to make the nfc championship game for this to be a success and to feel good about the overall arc of this team right now like Mm -hmm. looking back from the reset in 2017 you know if they have another divisional round loss and if they can't get Russ back on track, like I, I think that there's going to have to be some kind of questions about this team, especially, you know, we'll save the offseason top for later, I guess, but um, I, I'm not, I'm not hoping for really anything more than a NFC championship game appearance. If, if, if Russell plays well, I mean, not, I'm not saying like elite, not, not, you know, beginning of the season Russ, but he plays well and he's, you know, throwing 200 plus yards, multiple touchdowns, no picks, you know, it's just looking like Russ. How does that, how does that change your expectations? If he goes out and does that on Sunday or on Saturday? I feel pretty confident with them winning. Well, not just winning that game. I mean, in the NFC, like, like, who, uh, oh, like, I feel like you're all factoring in this notion of Russ is not playing well. And so that's, that's, tempering your expectations what, what it is that doesn't change mine at all oh really, really? mine goes from no. like uh, mine is like oh shit we're super bowl contenders <laughs> 
like legitimately. But you have to look at who you play, and does Tampa Bay get through? And if Tampa Bay knocks out Green Bay, then this is a different conversation. But like, we'll talk about that then, and, and and how the Saints play because now they, I mean, there's so many other factors other than just Russell Wilson. Yes, agreed. <laughs> but, but like, but aren't but, all those good already, Dana? Isn't the whole point that everything else is good already? Yeah, I think it's good. I'm just saying that my definition of a successful season won't change if Russell blows up the whole planet, uh, you know, and okay, that's wonderful, fair. or he's the same. My successful season will still be an NFC championship. Okay, Again, that that's championship. that makes sense. What I'm saying is different. What I'm saying is my confidence level skyrockets if Russell okay. Wilson is playing that level because my current my current confidence level, which is pretty optimistic, is assuming mm-hmm. Russell is going to play like shit on Saturday. I'm not kidding. That's how encouraged I am by this defense. So if all of a sudden you've got, you know, the top 10 quarterback and Russell Wilson playing like a top 10 quarterback and you pair him with this defense, they're probably the most complete NFC team. Are they not? The Saints would be the only one that would be. Drew Brees is washed. Mm. And Green Bay has a horrible, horrible defense. And a quarterback that makes up for it. Yeah, Yeah. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really good. I'm just really glad we're not in the AFC this year. I mean, (laughs) we had to be. I don't want to be. It's true, and things have changed that way, right? NFC, they really have the last decade. And I'll I'll just say, like, I wanted to, I wanted to be alive to see the Seahawks win a Super Bowl. I, I accomplished that. They accomplished that, and I got to experience it. I would love to be alive to see the Seahawks get to the Super Bowl on the road. And, and the idea of seeing them go on the road to win an NFC championship game in green Bay is something that makes me smile. And I don't think it's unrealistic this year. Going to green Bay makes you smile. Winning. Winning. Sure. 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 Okay. I'm going to say something that's kind of ludicrous. Okay. That's shocking. Winning a Super Bowl is amazing and fun, but just a smidge underneath it would be beating Rodgers in Green Bay. Just a smidge underneath it, I would find so much joy out of that game. I look. I, I the 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 best experience I've ever had as a fan was the NFC Championship against the 49ers. Yeah, I was at the Super Bowl oh, too. Yeah, yeah. So like the Super Bowl was great. But that was the that was the game. That was the that was the game where you were playing the best team. And and we've got history with Russell Wilson has never won a game in Green Bay. Regular season or postseason. Jeez. Well, they go back there next year in the regular season. They so do. They do. I'm he doesn't this year. Out there. Yeah. Um, I know we're we're past time here. Uh, do you guys have a few more minutes to talk about this game? Okay, cool. Sure. So um other other things that we did mention, uh, Andrew Whitworth is coming back uh, for the Rams. That kind of came out of nowhere. Cooper Cup off the COVID list. He will be back. He played in the Seahawks game, but he mi- missed the last game. I believe Michael Brockers is back, but I, I haven't heard that officially. Um, I think that's right. He, he was on the COVID right. list as well um, for this last game. Cam um, Akers is back. Cam Akers is back. That's yeah. Very important. Facetiously. Very like, important. Because you know, he's a running back, is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, that's what he's saying. <laughs> he caught a few passes, though. He caught a few passes. Michael Brockers is at, back at practice, and he's expected to play. Okay, 
Thank you, Evan. So do any of those uh, names you think uh, materially affect this game? Andrew Whitworth. Why? Mm-hmm. He's a good left tackle. I know he's de- I know I know he's regressing because he's like 60 years old and somehow playing in the NFL, but I think the next drop off down is 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 big and and like I said, I think one of the keys to this game is Seattle's pass rush, especially if if Goff is playing. Actually, if either of them are playing, but especially Goff, especially with him being injured, I I think uh if their offensive line is in is in um you know shatters and like they have been all year long then then yeah i think i think seattle has a pretty good chance of winning this game dana i actually think there's just as much of a chance that andrew whitworth is going to be a problem for them coming off of his injury in his first game back against carlos dunlap and and whoever um as it is that he's going to be a big plus Joe Noteboom, who took over for Whitworth, has actually been pretty good in pass protection. It's actually the run blocking where where Whitworth is much better than Noteboom has been. So, um, but first game back off a knee injury, you're absolutely right. I mean, how? I mean, he, it's not like they're going to ease him in in any way, shape, or form. And and his age, I think, does have. I, I mean, they're of course glad he's back. He's a great leader on that team. And he, he is a good player, but I, I don't know that it'll be a huge difference in this particular game. Yeah. Um, Cooper Cup, that's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. If he had not played, it was going to be a big deal. He played in both games against the Seahawks, so that's not like new. Yeah, that's yeah, a big deal. But yeah, I mean, had, had he been out, that would have been a big deal for them. Agreed. 100% agree. Like he gave us, he, he gave us a lot of trouble in that game uh, last time. He's good. Would you take Tyler Lockett over Cooper Cup or Robert Woods at this point? Assuming, like, take contracts out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we talked about this when Robert Woods signed his deal. And I, I, at the time, thought that the two, that Lockett and Woods were, that basically if you switched, if they had switched teams, we would think, the same thing about we would think the same thing about we would think what we oh my gosh i'm gonna flub this bad if if lockett was a ram we would think what we think about lockett or no about woods oh geez (laughs) you guys know what i'm trying to get out right (laughs) i get it i get it we think that they're equivalent is what you're saying like uh roughly like i think they're yeah basically i actually had no idea what you're trying to say but i don't know i'm uh I'm I'm souring on Lockett. I feel bad, but it's true. He's had a tough end of this year. He had obviously had a decent this this last game. I think Lockett's more valuable than any of them. Um, I think Cooper Cup is a tough one for me because I I think he's an excellent excellent receiver, and he's done more after the catch this year than I thought he had in him. But he is just an excellent route runner, great hands. Lockett can can do everything as a receiver. He he can mm-hmm. go deep. He can go underneath. He like, he's smart. He's got great hands. Like, I think I think it's recency bias that's getting us a little bit down on Lockett. I think I think Robert Woods to me isn't even a question. I I, I don't think he's a guy I would. I think he's had six touchdowns this year. Woods has, and I think Cooper only had three. Cooper Cup only had three. Yeah, touchdowns this year. If I remember that's, that's correctly, that's partly, partly a, a. That's a golf issue. Collective on on the quarterback. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, 
I don't know. Yeah, that, to me, I would take Lockett over over those guys. That's a good question, though. Um, do you do you guys expect that the Seahawks are going to come into this game and try to run the ball? You know, what what's your expectation we'll of how they're going to try to attack? Like we saw a little bit of how they played against the Rams the last time. It was what six six at halftime. Did not start off well. Doesn't seem like they're going to need half to feel out feel each other out i think everyone knows how they're going to play each other at this point um they also did things like they moved dk around and there's jalen ramsey was spouting off in the press about how he wishes that they would just go one-on-one dk against him and deandre hopkins played one-on-one versus him and why can't they just do that and what what is your guys take on the 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 DK Ramsey thing, like it, it was weird to me that he both he and John Johnson both made comments about how the fact the Seahawks moved DK around. Isn't it smart to try to get good matchups for your receivers? <laughs> exactly. That's called game planning. It's what you're supposed to do. This is my deal on, listen, I like DK. I like his attitude. I like his swagger. It, it has that whole feel from 2013 of that, you know, ship on my shoulder. I'm fantastic sort of thing. And I love that. But at the same time, the kid talks a lot of shit. And I think Jalen Ramsey talks a lot of shit. And I think between the two of them, it's just going to be that kind of Crabtree Sherman thing that was going on for a long time. And it's just fun. It makes it, it makes it fun in, in divisional games, I think. I mean, DK is, is the Crabtree in that yeah. metaphor right now <laughs> i understand that yeah right now so I, I think dk has something to prove i mean obviously i want them to move him around and do smart stuff but i get the whole those two wanting to like face off and and you know uh i mean they're two great players right so yeah i i'm, I'm hoping that he's on that ramsey's on him and i hope that they go to him uh, like i think dk is gonna rise up i think it's gonna be a, a, a big game for him um all right. I'm trying to th- rack my brain if there was anything else that was news this week that we should cover. Um, no, no other events this week. I think we covered it all. <laughs> yeah, I have a question. Fox football news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, um, Reed, Jaron Reed, was he limited? Is he? He's going to play. Questionable. He's going to. Oh yeah, do we want to talk about it, Brian? <laughs> what about Mr. Harrison not being on the Seahawks roster anymore? Yeah, and how that's a massive loss for this team. Oh my God. Let's You're going to get Brian going on this. <laughs> Let's take a couple seconds on this. We won't take long. Lord. Oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> it is fascinating to me, Dana. I don't get it. Like, so, so Damon Harrison is not a big deal. He's not a big deal. He was like, he was a good run stuffing defensive tackle mm-hmm. I like to say like he did nothing for the Seahawks but he actually played pretty well he didn't play great play well. he did the job he's supposed to do and <laughs> then Brian Monet comes back and they decide they're going to make snacks inactive and he decides well if you're going to make me inactive I'd rather play I don't have many years left you know cut me and the read of that that I've gotten from fans largely has been, oh my God, he's an asshole. He quit on the team. Like he deserves it. And, and when I brought up at the time that cutting him was like an unnecessary risk and there was ways that they could have kept him happy and around because they don't have a lot of defensive tackle depth. People were like, 
what are you talking about? Like, that makes no sense. And and so I am super confused about why people are so anti Damon Harrison after he spent a season on the practice squad waiting for the Seahawks to get him to play. Other teams were trying to sign him and he was loyal to them. It's a weird situation. Like it, it really was a weird reaction. I really do. <laughs> Nathan, stir that pot, Nathan. Just stir it up. No, here's the thing. And this is what I said in chat. And, and I stand by this. It's like, okay, Damon Harrison wanted to play. He wanted to be active. And I have a feeling that there's some incentive in there somewhere, that there was a reason that it was such a big deal that he played. Play. Okay. Yeah. I, and that's great. I, I don't blame him. He's a football player, right? It's like, okay, he wanted to play Seattle for that game needed him to be inactive because they came out with something about the Titans. I don't know what it was all about anyway. And so he was inactive and then he's like, well, fine. If I'm going to be inactive, then I want to go play somewhere. So let me go. And Seattle was like, okay, that sucks, but okay. It's not a big deal. Obviously Seattle felt comfortable letting them go, letting him go. He felt comfortable going to play for green Bay. And I have a feeling it was because green Bay had been in his ear the whole time. And I know that that's not allowed, but I have a feeling that's what was going on. But I think that, you know, he's like, Oh, well, this team doesn't want me to play, but this team doesn't want me to play. They're both in the playoffs and both have a chance of winning Super Bowl. Why not? And so off he went and kudos to him. He was good when he was here in Seattle. He was never going to be a long-term player. It's not like he had some 10 year history with Seattle where he felt, you know, that this is where he needed to be fine you want to go go and Seattle was like yeah go ahead and go it, it's it's not an issue it I'm with you on most of that not an issue I think we're fortunate to say Evan if Jaron Reed wasn't able to play this week or if he or one of the other defensive tackles gets injured you're talking about Cedric Lattimore who's never played an NFL snap being your other defensive tackle and the only reason that's the case is because you decided Brian Monet was so much better than snacks that you were going to do everything to make sure that he played and didn't find a role for snacks. Like it was to me, a totally unnecessary risk roster risk to take. Is it the end of the world? It can make a break. No, of course not. But like, we're in exactly the situation that, that I thought was, you know, a potential problem for them. And pretty sure when the Seahawks make the NFC championship and go into green Bay, they're going to be playing against him. Um, well, I, I think that's part of it though. Brian is like where he ended up. I, I would not be complaining, frankly, if he ended up with the fucking lions again, you know, like the playoff team. When exactly. Was- like no, he you, said he, he wasn't gonna. Yeah. But, but, but that's kind of like my whole point though, is like he, he went to the NFC's best team. He fills a key position in their defense, a hole for them, and he makes them better. So that's not good. Making the NFC's best team better is not good. Um, it it, it kind of bums me out that they couldn't make room for him. You know, cut fucking Travis Homer or something. Like, you know, we don't need him. I don't know. I, I they could have made room for him, but like like you said, Dana and Brian, I, I don't think it's the end of the world. Yeah. All right. So I know everyone wants to talk more about Snacks Harrison. Um, we're talking about Josh Gordon. There's no new news there. Let's talk about predictions for this game. Um, Nathan, we're going to start with you because you are always right on your predictions. Uh, yep. Um, 
I'm going to go 1916 Seahawks. 1916 Seahawks advancing to the next round. Dana. Um, well, I want to say the, um, the experts on NFL.com, of 10 of them, seven picked Seattle to win. And the ones who picked them to lose, they lost by just a handful of points, like three or one. So I think that should also boost our confidence that other people think Seattle's going to win this game. Um, if I had to pick, I think it's going to be, well, it kind of depends on who's playing quarterback. If it's Goff, 24-17. If it's John, whatever his name is, 24-10. Nathan, you were 19-6. to six. Is that what you said? 19-16. 19-16. I'm going to say 19-6. to six. A low scoring game, but defense defense shows up on Saturday. All right. I um score I got in my head is twenty to fifteen, Seahawks. Um, you know, the the Rams when they give up twenty points or more, they're two and six this season. Um and this the Rams have not scored more than 20 points on offense, I think in five straight games or something like that. Um, the, the, the Patriots game actually was a defensive score. So like, yeah, I think, I think the Seahawks, the minimum bar is Seahawks got to score 17. I think that's the minimum to, to win this game. And I think 20 gets you in really good shape. Um, there is part of me that feels like the Seahawks could break out in this game and break out in the first half. Um, it's just, just a, just a feeling. I don't feel strongly enough that I can call it on the points, but it wouldn't surprise me if they get out in front and then hold on in this one. Wait, you're going <laughs> to wait. The Seahawks are going to play a complete game. Like they did the last time they played the Rams. Offensively. Yeah. They, they look, dude, you got on the post game. So they so scored six points in the first half. They scored 14 in the second half. You said that was a really good performance against the best defense in the NFL. But it's not a complete game. The best defense. Complete game in mine are different. Okay. Um, okay. okay. It's splitting hairs. Teams all played well in that game and sure. everyone got stronger as the game went on. Okay. Um, Seahawks gave up six points in the first half. They gave up the three points in the second half. They scored six yeah. points in the first half. They scored no, qu- no question on the defense. No question half. on the defense. So, yeah, I'm, I'm saying I think they could get out in front and then hold on in this one. Define out in front, though. Meaning that of those 20 points, 14 of them might come in the first half this time. Okay. Okay. That's uh, very optimistic of you, Brian. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Was it the Raiders game, that London game, where they like ran out and scored twenty one points, and then just like went th- like three runs and punt the rest of the, the like the entire second half? Don't get me started on that game. That wouldn't shock me. <laughs> so, folks, um, if you have not already, uh, sign up at patreon.com slash hawkblogger. There is an active Slack community uh, talking about this and more. Uh, gets your questions answered on this show every week. We will be doing a post-game show Saturday. Um, should be interesting. Do not know. Uh, cannot say for sure whether Jeffrey Dean Morgan will crash the party again. If it's a fun time, you never know when that guy's going to be around. We may have other special guests, so be sure to, to tune in. And that's a good reason to subscribe. Click uh, the little bell to get notified when we go live. You'll see all the, the fun people that we bring along. And uh, 
share the show with other folks. Let's grow the show. Um, we're, we're heading into a playoff run. Folks, I think we're going to have a lot of fun over the next few weeks. So uh, uh, let's get ready for Saturday. I hope everyone takes care of them, themselves and each other. And uh, go Hawks.